1: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, Three, two, one.
2: to Jeff Kemper Show, Libations Friday. Hope you're doing well. Happy New Year's in advance. Uh, although we will have a chance to talk to everybody tomorrow because Tom and I will be doing the pregame show at 3 o'clock. It'll be an interesting pregame show. We will have opportunity to speak with Ira and Aslan and Corey, and we'll figure out what's what down on that field as they warm up kind of figure out who's going to be out there and who's not. But uh, I'll wish you a happy New Year's then too and try to get you guys to think about uh, the big picture as opposed to what's about to happen in that particular game. Let's put it that way. On uh, Twitter, it's at J. Cameron Show. T. Lizzie's here with me. Actually, he's in New York, but he's here with me now, which is a good thing. And you're, you. you are you're driving about having recovered from Christmas and trying to figure out, okay, what day is it? That has been a thing. It's been a theme for me this week. With all these bowl games on just randomly in the middle of the day, Tom, do you find yourself walking past the TV? You're like, oh, there's football on. Is it Saturday? What's today? What is happening? Yeah, because you've had – it's been a weird, weird week. It's been a weird week.
0: It's been thoroughly confusing, and um, it's been especially so because I'm waking up in a place that I've never – slept in before and uh we we pulled i don't know if i said this on the air but we pulled an all-nighter when we drove up after the the acc board of trustees or the fsu board of trustees meeting in which they said they're going to sue the acc actually stayed behind to make sure that 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 broadcast went off without a hitch and of course it did because you were driving it but it was
2: uh a flawless effort on our part thank you tom
0: then we did it was 18 and a half hours with the stops straight through we got here uh, on saturday at about 10 in the morning and um it has had its own little jet lag effect. Then there's the holidays and then you're right. It's like, what day is it? This is a thoroughly confusing couple of weeks in, uh, in T. Lizzie's uh, lifetime. Yeah.
2: The good mm-hmm. news is that it's Friday, buddy. It's is Friday. it? Is <laughs> it's, it? It's, it's really? <laughs> Start the party over again, buddy. It's Friday. Here we go. No, got a couple I, of days.
0: I'm going right to bed as soon as we're done. I got I to gotta do a score prediction, which uh, Aslan put in the slack. He said, do the score predictions. I'm like, what the hell? How am I going to pick the score of this football game tomorrow? I don't know. But then after that, buddy, it is under the covers because I'm shivering.
2: <laughs> yeah, struggling through today's show. You're a trooper. I will say this. I got to do the War Chant Report today with Aslan and Ira. And you just reminded me that I've got to get to the score prediction. And this is the probably the quirkiest endeavor that we've ever had when it comes to score prediction. Mm-hmm. Typically, I have a game plan. I have an idea of exactly why I think what I think. What do you really know? What can you hang your hat on in this game? I mean, other than Florida State is seriously outmatched right now, given the opt-outs, given yeah. injuries, given declarations for the NFL. And, you know, you, you'd be up against it if you had all your starters but no Jordan Travis. Obviously, a broken leg meant you were never going to have Jordan Travis. But let's say that this was a playoff game and you were without Jordan Travis, but you had Johnny Wilson, and you had Keon Coleman, and you had Trey Benson, and you had Jaheen Bell, and you had the full complement of weaponry that you needed, you would really be up against it without having your starting quarterback trying to beat Georgia. But now you remove Tate Rodemaker from this mix, and you're trying to beat Georgia with a true freshman quarterback making just his second career start with none of the aforementioned weapons. So... That is very, very difficult.
0: Well, when you put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it you know, we talked a lot in hour one. And, and if you were in the car for the first segment, you're joining. I'm gonna try to be a little bit more positive this hang hour. In, the hang in. Because there's just there's so much unknown. However they play it out, whatever they put on the field tomorrow, I'm not gonna hold it against them and I'm not gonna take you know, I'm not gonna draw finite conclusions, no, good no, or bad, no, based upon no, no, it's no, a bowl no, game no. and it's meaningless. But I, I hope. I hope that they're healthy enough on the offensive line, yeah, and I hope that they're healthy enough between the ears that Mike Norvell embraces the chaos of this game and just tries to go and light it up. Trick plays, weird stuff. Like, go for it, man. Just go for (laughs) it. I, I hope that they're in a place physically and mentally that Mike Norvell says, all right, let's push those buttons and just go and see what kind of hell we can raise
2: uh, this is a good point because you talked about a little bit of um uh, maybe they maybe he tries to protect them maybe he tries yeah. to I mean, he realizes uh, i got no dukes i got no dukes i can't compete right now we've just uh, huddled in the corner here guys hoping to get that bell to ring because we don't have a lot to offer it's a fighter who separates his shoulder or breaks his hand and mm-hmm. this happens i'm a big fight fan and uh boxing anyhow used to be and, and you would watch fights, and you'd watch a fighter in the fourth round and the fifth round, and it's a great fight. It's even. They're exchanging. It's smart. You know, it's the great science. It's all those things. And um, all of a sudden, the fifth round starts or the sixth round starts, and the guy's not throwing punches. Yep. And you start watching carefully. You're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's not tired. What is going on? And then you realize, oh, he's injured. He's injured. He probably broke his hand, dislocated his shoulder. Something's happened. He's hurt.
0: Yeah, this but is he's got part- too much heart to give up. This is the plot of Rocky Balboa when he fights uh, Mason the Lion Dixon, played by Antonio Tarver. He breaks his hand on Rocky's calcified ribs in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't see that movie. So
3: the yeah.
2: point would be, uh, I, when these things happen to a fighter, you watch then, like, how are they going to get through? How are they going to get by? Well, they're hoping to win with just a lucky punch because professional fighters, especially heavyweights, can knock anybody out, and anybody can get got with one punch, but you aren't able to set it up. So the odds are really against you, and you just have to hang on for dear life and probably wear a bunch of punches in order to deliver one. I don't know that the analogy is quite the same here, but there is a a mindset to having nothing to lose at that point. to just let it go. Let it go. You might get knocked out, but let it go. Just let it fly, and let's see what happens. Maybe you land one. I hope, and I could see this being the case. Mike has been through a lot. I'm playing amateur psychologist here. But part of analyzing football and analyzing where a program's going and a mindset and a collective mindset and a locker room and a head coach and his thoughts about what he's building towards or what he's moving away from is getting a sense of the way that they think. And you learn these things through context gained at practice, by watching and going to practice and listening to press conferences and looking into their eyes when they talk about subject matter that they're impassioned by, frustrated by, saddened by, or enthused. And so you watch all those things. And to me, I feel like Mike, this could be an emotional moment for Mike. Think about what he's gone through with this team and what he got them to commit to and what he got them to succeed with and what he achieved this season. They where they came from just two years ago, five and seven. Then they get to 10 and three, 13 and 0. And their reward is that they get screwed by the committee. Well, that's emotional in and of itself. From there, you watch this exodus of players and you saw the hurt uh, within this collective group, right? How frustrated they were. A lot of these guys were broken. Mike described it himself as the toughest two weeks that he had ever been through in coaching, right? I believe that was the phrase or the the way he described it, Mm -hmm. if you have a speech to give in the locker room tomorrow before taking the field against Georgia, seriously outmanned because of what's happened since that snub, you could see a scenario by which he tells them, I love you, I appreciate you in ways you can never understand. Those of you that are suiting up here today, embarking on this goal, playing this team on this stage right now, I'll love you forever and I care about you and I want you to go have fun. Let's just let it fly. Let's just let it fly. Whatever happens, happens. I promise you, if the final score is 55 to seven or if we win 21 to 20, I'm gonna feel the same way about you. I'm gonna love you. I'm gonna say thank you and I'm gonna tell you how much it means to me. You could see this getting emotional for him because it's been a really tough couple of weeks here, really rough stretch. And he really felt the pain of those kids getting absolutely jobbed by the committee. And you saw it. I've watched that video several times. It hurts me to watch that video when they make that announcement and you see his head sink and you see the reaction of the players, which I'll never forgive ESPN for setting up a camera in that locker room knowing damn well what they were about to do. But that, that, when you watch that, you can see a lot of pain A lot of frustration and a lot of hurt for those kids. So, you know, maybe it's an all time win one for the Gipper kind of speeches. Maybe it's an all time like, guys, we got nothing to lose. Nobody thinks we can win this game. Nobody suspects we'll even compete in this game. I mean, we're 20 point underdogs, according to Vegas. Let's go have fun. I'm going to call this game crazy. We're going to run plays that nobody's ever seen this year. We're going to run, you know, flea flickers galore we're gonna double reverses everything the kitchen sink as we like to say tom right we're gonna throw everything in the world they could do that it could be that kind of game and that would be a lot of fun
0: yeah embrace it embrace the chaos if they can do it if they can summon it it would be great to see um you know it's just as you're putting it it's unforgivable because they know in the production truck where what's going on they know what's going to happen and and it's a standard thing on the field of play Knowing some people in the truck, as we do, it's a standard thing that you get the celebration shot. Easiest example is a World Series. You get the celebration shot, there, there's the a the loser at the mound. Then you do have to establish, you know, the, the team that lost. You do have to establish what's going on over there. This is not the field of play. No. This was an invitational situation. You did not have to do that. It's ridiculous. And it also is a moment for a coach where he says, if you do all the right things and trust in what I'm telling you, things are going to work out for you. And then he realizes in that moment that he has a different lesson that he needs to teach these kids, which is you can do everything right and still get screwed by the world. That's and a that's tough the,
2: one to have to, yeah.
0: Because that, that's the antithesis of everything he said for the last year. Now it's not his fault, but it's just that's the reality that he has to in that moment confront. And that's why his head is sinking. And that's why he's saying, dear God, that's the speech I have to give now. And what sucks for him and why, no matter what happens from here on out with Mike Norvell's tenure at Florida State, and I'm not eulogizing it, I'm just saying no matter where this goes, it could go to a national title or it could go to maybe we've got a different guy in that chair five years from now. Nobody's tougher than that dude. Nobody is tougher than that dude. You think about when he first took the job, he had a month, two months, to set up shop and then COVID happens and he can't establish relationships out the gate. Like he doesn't get the benefit that every new coach gets, which is one recruiting cycle of being able to sell hope, unfettered hope. You got the new car smell. He had basically two years where he couldn't recruit face to face. He had to build it from there. And then he climbs all the way. He fights through all that BS that is out of his control. He wins 19 in a row, 13 straight this year and is the first power five team in history to be left out of the college football invitational. Nobody's tougher than Mike Norvell in the college coaching business. Nobody has had to deal with more crap than this guy. It's unbelievable. And if he's a little emotional tomorrow, pregame, postgame, halftime interview, you know what? I, I can understand why, because good God, this guy's snake bit since he got here.
2: Yeah, and uh, but he's also got to be proud of what they've done and what they've accomplished, and they can never uh, lose sight of that. They did go 13-0. They did win the conference championship. They did everything they were supposed to do, and I do like that it's connected with a lot of people. Shaheen Brown's quote in the War Chant article, you guys go over to Warchant.com, talking about why he came back and why he's going to play. Quote, the relationships that you build, you can ask any of these guys that, that left. They didn't want to leave. Being with the guys that you're with every day, it's special. I could never leave that. Uh, And then he went on to talk about, you know, what his mom told him about, hey, it's how tough it's been. This ain't the last time you're going to be cheated in life or snubbed in life. And that was to your point just now, you know, his mom telling him that. And that was the message that Mike had to give his team after that. It's been hard. Everybody handles this a different way. I've talked a lot about the reasons that, that things have gone bad for Florida State, that that snub and, and sort of the, the, the t- toxicity of that entered the locker room in a way that maybe we could not have predicted. Like, okay, it's one thing to to have a conversation about not getting the invite and, and being left out and being the first ever undefeated Power Five conference champion to be left out. And you kind of process that. But I'm a 52-year-old man. Right. Uh, you're 38 years old. There are, I believe, right? Uh, 37. Yeah, 37. All right. So, But you're 37 going on 60. So the the thing is, and I mean that as a compliment, the thing is we've we've experienced the good and the bad and the lots of heartbreak and everything in between, right? Joy, exhilaration, sadness, all of it. And it gives you perspective. It gives you something to fall back on when you are hit with a serious disappointment or a shocking uh, snub in this case or whatever it might be. You have the tools to deal with it because you've been around the block. You've had to deal with it before. Many of them never have. Many of them never have. And so it's not surprising to me that young men, and especially, and we've talked about this before kids 18 to 22 years old, men mature much slower than women. We're buffoons. And that's why our death rate is so high and why we take crazy risks physically and do all kinds of dumb things, right? Our brains are still developing. We now know this. This is the science of it. My point would be. Young men experiencing bitter disappointment do not channel that energy collectively, 100% of the time, in the right direction. They don't often take a step back, especially when they don't have perspective and make smart choices. So Mike has had to encounter that and deal with that and try to talk with these kids individually and every one of them handling this differently, different maturity levels, different life experiences. That is everything but football. That's not football. That's life. You're doing a lot of life coaching right now, a whole lot of life development right now and, and and trying to teach in these moments of adversity. But what you're not doing is talking about the X's and O's. What you're not doing is preparing for a football game. And that's why I hate it for them. And that's why I talk about the emotional aspect of this game tomorrow. That sucks for him, man. That's brutal. What a brutal way to have to go play Georgia.
0: Yeah, and that's where, again, you know, this is never gonna be resolved for us as as a fan base. You know, the the expansion of the playoff and and whatever happens for this program in the near future, get into a different conference, whatever it is. Like we're always gonna look back at this as an unfinished business, as as an uh, a story without an ending, just like the 2020 NCAA tournament season and in which we expected that basketball team during COVID to go to the final four. Well, we're never gonna know. We're never gonna know. And that's gonna stick in our craw. And it's hard enough for us to be able to do that. We have the tools through maturity to deal with things like this, but it's still not easy. We're struggling with it. So this game, to your point, like as media members, when we're breaking down Florida state versus Georgia in the orange bowl, it's anything, but what happens on the field, it's anything, but You know, what's the final score going to be? How is our defensive line going to hold up against their offensive line? It's about all the other superfluous nonsense floating around the game. And that's hard enough for our job. But that's what, yeah, you're right. Mike has to deal with. That's what the coaching staff has to deal with. That's what they've got mental conditioning coaches. Can you imagine the month that they just had behind the scenes? Like the sports psych staff? Yeah. Yeah, It's impossible. It's an impossible situation. And again, that's why no matter what happens on the field tomorrow for all of these guys have been through, it's truly unprecedented what this roster, what this coaching staff has been through this month, whatever they do. I'm so proud of them. I'm so proud of this group. That 13 and 0 season will always be 13 and 0. And this is going to be an isolated moment. Whatever happens tomorrow, even if it's a win, it's a separate thing. But I couldn't be prouder of this group because nobody's faced what they've had to go through the last 26, 27 days. It's ridiculous. You allowed me for
2: less than five seconds to think about a win when you said, even if they win, quickly in my head, I thought, yeah, what if they win?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're going to, but what if they do? Uh, even if they to- do, though, it's, it's a separate thing. You got to be consistent both ways on that. Yeah, you know, you this do. is it's a different you group.
2: Do. It'd be a hell of a thing, though. Uh Artisan Financial Strategies, those are my friends and collaborators. We've got to do Red Zone next. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. It's time for the red zone, which we always appreciate doing. And I especially appreciate the sounder that Tom put together. I do want to make mention yet again, you saw it was in the chat a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was last week, where somebody came online in the uh, in the discussion over there in the chat and said uh, that they were so happy uh, that we were talking about artisan financial strategies and, and what a business they are. And they were glad we were collaborating with them because Adam and his team had helped this individual with their financial planning. Uh, he, he and his team have done that for many a folk, and I should note that we all know it's important, obviously, to score in the red zone, but you got to be prepared for success in the retirement red zone as well. And that would be the five years leading up to your retirement date, in the immediate five years after, being critical times of thoughtful planning for you and your family. And our friend and fellow Noel Adam Tolliver and his team at Artisan Financial Strategies prepared to coach you to victory. Obviously, some of us midfield planning ahead, trying to figure out how to get in. And score there in the red zone. Some of us are on the goal line, ready to punch it in. Got to be able to make sure you plan your financial future so that you don't run out of money. You protect yourself and your family against rising health care costs. And you plan your legacy. The Artisan team brings a combined 30-plus years of planning experience, world-class resources, which will help you navigate the way. For more information, here you go. It's all one word. NoelRetirement.com. Go check it out. I promise you. You'll be very impressed. Reach out to Adam and his crew. NoelRetirement.com. Come And let's get to it.
1: Welcome to the majesty.
2: Every freaking rep.
1: The elegance. To win the game. Lolly, oh, hits the upright. It's no good. You have entered. Someone burned down the funeral home. You burnt the funeral home. Lives will be changed. Sideline. Touchdown. Mothers will cry. When you see your players give all that they have, and uh, and you lose that way, it's tough. Legacies are etched into eternity. I know who I am. North, South Dakota was his brother from West Virginia. This is the Red Zone.
3: That's good to know.
2: <laughs> I love every time. I will tell you, the sideline touchdown mm-hmm. bull- is an incredible call.
0: It is. And we've discussed this like Joe Buck had a moment where he decided I'm not going to be Pat Summerall and I'm going to be enthusiastic about football.
2: That call is like uh, it's up there as an all timer It is a great, great call.
0: It happened to um, the great Sean Payton. That was the Minneapolis miracle. It happens. Was- he's sitting Mr. Unlimited. You see that? What a storyline they got cooking over there in Denver.
2: Well, I'm kind of not surprised, but man, what a mess is that? Ninety five million dollars in dead money.
0: It's, it's, if it's not 90, it's very close to 90. $85 yeah.
2: to $90 million in dead money is what I was reading.
0: And, and Russ is not wrong. And Russ is not wrong to say pound sand. You're telling me to get rid of my guarantee. I negotiated the contract. Screw you.
2: Yeah, no, Denver made a huge mistake when they signed him to the deal that they signed him. And now Sean's inherited that. And I will say this, Sean Payton is not likable, but he has done a good job this year after a disastrous start. He got this team to play. I wouldn't want Russell Wilson as my starting quarterback either. Um, he's pretty well on the backside of his career. He's uh, insufferable on a day-to-day basis to have in the locker room. I don't think, from what I can tell, there's anybody over there that likes him in any way, shape, or form. He seems like a fake, detestable human being. So you know, you probably find it hard to have that as your unquestioned leader moving forward. He was biding time until he could try to find a way to bring somebody else in here. But I don't know what their quarterback plan is. They've won too many games to get one of the elite ones in the
0: draft, and who I, I don't. It's a weird situation. No, It was leaked out there by Peyton that uh, he wants the offense to be run the way his offense is designed. So Russ is going rogue again. It's just, that's uh, awesome. That's awesome. He's been doing that for some time. Yeah. He's been
2: doing he that for some time. All right. One other question. Right. I'm curious what's first down here.
0: Well, I'm curious to your answers because you're going to have to paint a picture of the game, whether you want to or not with these, <laughs> with these four downs, you're going to have to, I don't
2: know. So, how.
0: first down, yeah. Brock Glenn will throw for over or under 157 and a half yards tomorrow. 150. Is that actual over under on the yardage? Did you look? Nope. That's just me. That's just me. He threw for 55 in the ACC championship. With I need you to project with the offensive line, not knowing who's in, who's out, 157 and a half yards. Uh,
2: th- this is an exercise in futility. I'll say over.
0: Okay. All right. All right. Now, Keziah Holmes, second down. Second down. <laughs> yeah. Keziah Holmes over or under 14 and a half carries? Over. Okay. Okay. You don't think they're going to rotate around? It's going to be the Keziah Holmes show.
2: God, Keziah has to carry the load. And I like Keziah Holmes. I hope he does carry the load. I just hope they can block it up for him.
0: Okay. Third down. Total number of catches combined for the following three players Destin Hill. Hakeem Williams, Vandravius Jacobs. They will combine for how many catches?
2: Um, the one problem I have with this is that, we, is Hakeem like, healthy? What's going on with Hakeem Williams? I cannot figure this out. Like, Did he suffer the most devastating injury in the history of injuries? I mean, he's been missing for weeks and weeks and weeks, and yet we don't hear of a surgery or anything. Like, what the hell happened?
0: They put the kibosh on practice talk leading up to this game. I don't know, honestly, and he's on the two deep. So that there's a bit of projection going on here. Destin was hurt forever and a day, and Vandravius is on the two deep. So if they're going to rotate in, you're going to have to do some guessing like everybody else.
2: I, I mean, Jesus, Lord, man. Uh, those three will combine for over nine catches.
0: Okay. All right. That's good yeah. enough. Over those nine. are some highlights. I want to see those nine catches. They're good players. Yeah, I'll go over nine. All right, so ten um fourth down the best defensive player for Florida State tomorrow will be blank uh
2: well I think Braden Fisk is going to play and I think he's going to play a lot so Braden Fisk
0: okay I was wondering if you would go Daryl Jackson that was a Daryl Jackson question
2: I just—it's hard to know how Daryl Jackson will play. He hasn't played all year long. He hasn't played in a game. It's a lot different playing in a game than it is in in practice. Um, he can be a dominant player, and I sure hope he is tomorrow. I—I uh, I don't know what to think about how Daryl Jackson is going to do. I'll—I'll I'll fall back on a guy who I know is—is uh, is playing playing well, has played well down the stretch, and has a tireless motor. I yeah, Braden Fisk.
0: Okay. So the story basically is this, that Brock Glenn's going to throw for at least 158 yards. There's going to be at least 10 completions in the game. And Keziah Holmes is going to get at least 15 carries. There you go. That's the story of the game tomorrow.
2: Yeah. And and that doesn't mean they're productive. It doesn't mean that they're great. He could throw for 160 yards. They each could have three catches and Keziah Holmes could have 14 carries for 16 yards. I don't know. I mean, it's going to be a tough day. Um, But I, I, yeah, I think they have to, I mean, they're going to, there are 60 to 65 plays they're going to run in the game. We got, they got to go to somebody. <laughs> so uh, that's where I'll go. I, I, think it's a, I think if Georgia in any way is trying to make a statement of any kind and they have their starting quarterback and a few of their starters playing on both offense and defense, and I, I think they will, then Florida State's in deep trouble. They're in deep trouble. If that's what they're out to do, I I don't know.
0: Yeah. I think that the important thing to know, um, and we can't until we get into the second quarter and the third quarter of the core 16, I'm going to call them the core 16, the 11 starters on defense and the five offensive linemen. If those guys that are on the top line of the two deep are playing deep into the second quarter and into the third quarter, then Florida state at least has a chance to, to, to keep it within reason. But if they're rotating guys in and out, and they already have. like That's what they do, generally speaking. They rotate a lot of dudes. If they're doing that tomorrow, then, yeah, you're absolutely correct. If they want to make a statement, they can.
2: The other problem is, Tom, and, and this is where I really worry for Brock Glenn and I worry for Keziah Holmes and I worry for this offense in general. Let's not pretend this starting offensive line was any good when they did play. They were okay. They were okay. Now they're going against Georgia. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're decent and pass pro which is what that's that will keep brock upright if they're decent and pass pro yeah
2: it's gonna be tough times don't forget about our friends at artisan financial strategies and don't forget as i tell you every week no go check it out no i think you'll be impressed and i i would strongly encourage you reaching out to adam Chef Cameron Show, we got to get some wagers in here with my mother. She retains a two-game lead on me. We'll do that next. The Cameron
1: Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk (laughs) 93.3.
2: Through a libations Friday edition of the Jeff Cameron Show without getting picks from my mom, who remains two games up on me right now as we split last week. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty. Still a lot of football to be played over the next two weeks plus the playoffs, but she holds on to a two-game lead. I'm finding it hard to break through and get past this barrier. She's been good all year. Just when I gain some gains, I turn around and lose them the following week. So That's where we're at. I'll allow the sounder to play, and then we'll get started here in just a moment.
1: And now for another edition of The Family Pick, Nick.
2: Go to your room! Ma, the meatloaf!
1: Take it away,
3: Jeffrey. And there she is. Hello, Mama. How are you? Hello. I'm good. I'm good. Merry Christmas, everybody. I think I said that before, but anyway, we all survived.
2: We did good times. And oh, by the way, you're up to, as I just told the audience, and I would also point out um, that we both had Cleveland last night and the Joe Flacco story continues to be one of the surprises of the NFL. Good for him. They killed the Jets. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Good for him is right. I, uh, yeah, I I know. Well, the Jets, if they, you know, hadn't, hadn't lost their quarterback, they, you know, you just don't know what would have happened if um, he was playing.
2: Yeah, yep. well, what a shame. I hate Aaron Rodgers. Who cares? Here we go. <laughs> I know. Um, Detroit at Dallas. Yeah, I've got to pick Dallas, but I think that could be a really good game. I agree. I'll take Dallas. Should be a fun game. That's a Saturday game for everybody wondering. That is an 8 o'clock primetime on Saturday game on December 30th. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, okay, here we go. New England at Buffalo.
3: Buffalo.
2: Atlanta at Chicago.
3: Um Atlanta at yeah, this game this game concerns me. I don't I, I took Chicago. Yeah.
2: I did too. I like oh. the Bears. They're playing pretty well right now actually.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Las Vegas at Indianapolis? I'm taking Indy. Tough game though. It is a tough game. I'll take Indy as well. The uh Rams are at the Giants? Rams. Don't want to play the Rams right now. Teams playing I know really, really they're well. really
3: playing Matthew Stabbers. He's kicking butts and he is. taking a Arizona at Philadelphia. Philadelphia. But I'm gonna tell you, I'm Philadelphia. There's some teams here. These teams that everybody thinks are so great are faltering. Well, Philly's in trouble.
2: They they they've got some infighting going on. They keep losing football games, so but they're not, not in trouble to the tune of losing to Arizona. I wouldn't so. think so. All
3: but right, here you it go. It wouldn't be fun if they did.
2: It would be funny. Uh, the first place Tampa Bay Buccaneers with an opportunity to salt away the NFC South division yet again, as they host the new Orleans saints.
3: I'm sticking with my buckaroos. They have a lot to play for and they're home. And um, I think they're, I think they're playing well. So I know new Orleans always gives us trouble, but I'm, I'm sticking with my bucks.
2: I think Lattimore is going to miss this game for the Saints. So thank God Mike Evans will breathe a sigh of relief if that's true. That's um, true. But I would also say that uh, this has been a fun year. I, I there's Very rarely do you go into a season, or do I go into a season anyhow, with, with an outlook like I had, only to be completely uh, surprised by the results. And Baker Mayfield has won me over completely. I have enjoyed watching him play. And the oddity is, at first when he won me over, it was because he was tough and because he clearly cared and he had a lot of fight in him. And that's admirable. You want to see that, right? Right, of course. And and then I realized that his teammates clearly like him. Like, they They really like him, you know? And that's that's obvious, too. But then lately, he's just making big-time NFL throws. He's making the kinds of plays that he was – wildly inconsistent in making in his previous stops. So he's found something. There's a real confidence there. And the Bucks are probably going to win this
3: division and host a playoff game. It's cool. It is very cool. And I'm happy for him. And these players, they do really seem to like him. They and do. I think it is because he's tough and he hangs in there and he really, you know, wants to win. And um, two throws he made last week were amazing. Yeah. That one to Mike Evans in the end zone. And then I think the other one might've been to Godwin. I'm not sure. It might've been to Mike too, but I mean, they were right between two defenders. I was like, Oh my
2: God. (laughs) (laughs) Tom brought up up a couple of those throws on yesterday's show. And I agreed with him. Yeah. It's been fun. The, you know, the other thing that's weird that nobody wants to talk about down in Tampa Bay, but I think we should all be able to talk about it. It's been a breath of fresh air, not having Tom Brady. I guarantee you those guys like, I have a suspicion they like Baker a little bit more than they did in Tom's final year. Tom was a mess. He was going through a divorce. He was missing practices. He wasn't there before the start of the season. Remember all that stuff yeah, with no, Tom I Brady, did. nowhere to be found. Did. It didn't. Yeah. That wasn't
3: cool. I don't think people enjoyed that very much. I know. And another interesting thing, cause you know, I have not been a Todd Bowles fan, but I know I sent you, or I told you about that article that was in our paper yesterday and as much as I have been getting rid of him, I don't know. You know, it seems <laughs> like <laughs> I don't I don't like his demeanor. I, I want him to be more passionate and all of that. But maybe he's stuck with these young guys and everything, and they're kind of believing in him, and they say they really like him in that article. And one, of, I think Wurfs said he's like one of the best coaches he's ever had. Well, it's
2: working out right now. He's going to win the division. He's not going to get fired. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So anyway, so maybe, you know, I need to just say I was maybe a little hasty in my. uh, Might have been been wrong. I might have been. (laughs) I I might have been.
2: (laughs) We'll see. San Francisco at Washington.
3: San Fran. Carolina at Jacksonville. Jacksonville, I guess, I know. I guess guess is right. I, but I just think they've got to be a little better and they still have, you know, a chance to do, you know, the playoffs and everything. So Carolina, not so much.
2: No, Carolina's awful. Do you, here's a stat for everybody. The Carolina Panthers over the last six games have had the lead for a grand total in all six games combined for 11 seconds. Oh my, that's quite the statistic. That'll hurt your feelings. Um, Miami, Miami at Baltimore.
3: Yeah, that's a good game. Um, I got to take Baltimore. Tennessee at Houston. Houston. Pittsburgh at Seattle. Now that game is another one. Um, I'm taking Seattle.
2: Los Angeles, the Chargers at Denver.
3: Denver. Cincinnati at Kansas City. This game, I if I was a brave soul, I would take Cincinnati, but without um whoever.
2: He hasn't 49ers. been there for, he hasn't <laughs> been there in weeks, mom.
3: I know, I know that. Joe Burrow.
2: It's Joe it's Burrow. I can...
3: his name just went right out of my head. Um, I'm taking Kansas City, but I think Kansas City's a mess too. Well they are, they don't have any receivers, so that's a problem. And Mahomes is not being too Mahomes-ish. I mean, he's screwing up too. That, and when you don't have that. receivers,
2: it's hard to be Mahomesish.
3: Well, <laughs> I know, but you know, even the receivers he has like, you know, Kelsey or whoever, um, Kelsey's throwing his helmet, they're getting all aggravated. Yeah. It's beautiful to see. <laughs> but I mean, Green, Green Bay at Minnesota. I'm taking Minnesota. We have every game the exact same. Are you kidding me? Oh, wow. Well, and who knew? And I mean, and I didn't even look at my sheet on here hardly.
2: This stinks. This stinks. We've got every game exactly the same. I believe that's right. It is. It is. Boo. Boo. I'm going to the next week, too. I'm
3: hanging on by my fingernails. Yeah,
2: I don't like this. Next time, I'm going to make you pick somebody different. That's ridiculous. (laughs) All right. Bye, Mom. Love you.
3: Love you too. Happy New Year to everybody. Stay safe. Have a good, have a have a good New Year.
2: All right, we'll talk again next week. Love you. All right, love you. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's Mama. It's always fun to talk to Mom, but it was a little less fun today because we have the exact same games. There's no nothing to hang your hat on, but she'll have the lead going into next week as well. These all seem pretty straightforward and. World of picking these games, I, I I agree. Maybe Cincinnati wins. We'll see. Chef Cameron ninety three three Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Hey, welcome a new advertiser to the program. This one I like. Why do I like them? I use them. I already used them. Then they said we want to be on with you, Cameron. Good, because I'm already using you. I'd like to save some money. I'm talking about Factor. Now I could read a script. I have one here. The bustling holiday season, you're looking for nutritious, flavorful meals to fuel your jam-packed days, factors America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service. I'm not going to do that, though. I don't need to do that. I like not meal prepping. I like having a delicious meal before me in two and a half minutes out of a microwave prepped by a professional chef. It is delicious. Protein meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving in some cases. I could get the uh, low-calorie conscious meal if I want one, if I've overdone it for the week or something along those lines. I pick a different set of food items out of 35 prepared meals at the start of every week, and voila, it's at my front door. It's awesome. Head to factormeals.com slash Cameron50 and use code Cameron50 to get 50% off. Doing you right, people. That's code Cameron50 at Factormeals.com slash Cameron50 to get 50% off.
1: The Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3.
2: Thank our friends as always at Zaxby's Delicious Zaxby's, 157 locations now in Tallahassee. My God, three more popped up just last night. It's amazing. Everywhere you drive in this town, you get past the hill, you took to your left, there's a Zaxby's. Go down the hill, turn to your right, there's a Zaxby's. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing because who doesn't want some Zaxby's in their life on the regular? And you have the opportunity to go and feast delicious Zach's
0: Beats. Don't forget the Texas toast. I know they're pushing the chicken Philly right now, and that's delightful. But it's just that is a clutch side item, especially during the holidays. You're just trying to pick on something. That Texas yeah, yeah. toast has some good staying power.
2: Quality Texas toast, indeed. You know what you can do with that Texas toast? You can stick it in the Zax sauce. You can stick it in the Zax sauce and get after it. I like to do that myself. Yeah. Thank you, Zaxby's, proud Golden Chief Boosters for over 18 years. We appreciate you very much so. By the way, I also want to note, because some of you inquired, even wrote into the station to inquire, that uh, here at 93.3, that uh, we didn't do our bowl Swag segment. Guys, it's been two years. Believe me, Tom and I love doing the bowl Swag segment. It's one of our favorite segments. We've been doing it for years and years and years. 15 years we've been doing it, but you know what? It's been rendered moot. They don't exist. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. You can just give kids money. This is the way the world we live in now. The sport is all up in up in the shambles here. We we, we don't know. There's no really gift suite or cool. I mean, it used to be fun to talk about the the watches and the belt buckles and the hats. And we love the sounders and the boots. Remember the boots? Remember they were giving the Miami kids boots, cowboy boots? That was the best. That's right. But,
0: yeah, the belt buckle and the and the hat, the yeah. the, the cowboy yeah. hat. Oh, I think it's the best. The champion always was the two Orlando Bowls. They yeah. had, they did the most consistent job. There was a time where the Fiesta Bowl was, was sponsored by Sony, and so they would give out PS5s, and that was awesome. Mm-hmm. But I think the winner, if you weren't talking about location for like the Aloha Bowl or the Bahamas Bowl or yeah, whatever. Location's important, yeah. It was Orlando because they would give you the maximum allowable in a Best Buy gift card. It was like 400 bones. That was always the winner. But it's just so funny now because you say $400 and you think about NIL, you're like, yeah, why even bother for these kids now? It's not a $100 handshake, it's a contract they signed.
2: Yeah, it's a contract and maybe a condo. I mean, it's like a lot of things. There's a lot going on there, a yeah. car and a condo. It's not like, hey, I got a new PlayStation.
0: Maybe we should do the Battles End swag list. and Maybe, maybe we could find out that information. I'm sure they don't want to share that whatsoever, but maybe we can come up with a power ranking of the things that they give out.
2: Oh, I know some of the things they give out. I would tell you to go to thebattlesin.com, though, and also purchase some of the things that they have available to you, which is like autograph posters and pictures and things of the ilk and experiences and all that good stuff. Go see our friends at the Battles Inn. They could use your help right about now. And by the way, I think we're going to score big in the transfer portal. So hang in there, everybody. It's a tumultuous time in college football, and it's hard to read the tea leaves in any given year with the roster and where things are headed. You need a strong collective always, and the battles in has been that for us, so it's worth mentioning there. But yeah, it's kind of been a ruined situation as far as the swag segment that we used to love to do. It's unfortunate, but that's where we're at. And um, I wish it were different. If it were a different Tom, we would be doing that segment right now.
0: So, uh, I know what you're saying about the bowl games being interesting mostly because of live wagering, it's just
2: gambling, that's all it is. Yeah. yeah
0: have you had a favorite one that you've watched so far? Like just maybe even for entertainment value that you get as a secondary benefit of watching the game. I look at the wagers one on here and I will will, will tell you as you're looking, I I will share with the audience. I'm very proudly a part of the app here in this state. Uh, Yesterday I nailed the under on a live wager because I bet during the monsoon in the first quarter of the Fenway bowl, when three points were scored that 37 would be the number. Oh buddy. And that missed extra point kept it in play. And somehow, some way, despite Rhett Lashley calling timeouts with under two minutes to go and being petty, Jeff Halfley was a class act and put the knee in the ground. And we hit 37 on the number for a whoo of a win.
2: Very, very quietly. Jeff Halfley had himself a fine season of coaching, by the way. Yeah. Uh, very quietly. I, I will tell you that uh, in the bowl season, per se, um The USF game, because I bet them on the money line and I just thought they're going to win the game. They're going to win the game. And I hammered it over and over and over again. And then I was just like, well, this is ridiculous. Why is Vegas favoring Syracuse? I do not understand this. And I just kept hitting. I'm like, this is, I've never been more sure in my life of how I thought a game was going to go than that game.
0: So I can tell you uh, if gambling is on your mind out there and uh, I know that uh, old Bob Fiore out there, if he's watching, hello, Bob, how are you? He's where Uh, the hell are the
2: Arizona last night, minus two and a half. And I also had the Mavericks plus 16 and a half in the NBA. And I took the Celtics at a really good number when they were down
0: 20. (laughs) Uh, That story will keep off the air because of the numbers involved at play. Uh, But uh, I'm starting to get into the hockey now uh, in terms of the totals. There we go. It's it's totals that I'm playing. You know, it's it's the overs and the unders. And right now I've hit two in a row for the Lightning as an experiment. I don't share them with you because I'm experimenting. But right now playing the under with the Lightning, if it's at six and a half or higher, is a good idea. They're playing the Rangers uh, Saturday tomorrow, and that's the Rangers' second of a back-to-back. So I like the Lightning, but I also like the under at six and a half if it's, if it's that high. I, I'm going to tell you on Monday
2: I'll come in here with a number for us to talk about. I mean, maybe I'll mention it in passing because we'll have to recap the football game. Or maybe – no, that's not – is Monday New Year's? We're not doing a show on New Year's. Um, Maybe the day after, whatever the hell. The next time we come back on the air. Uh, I do know that right now uh, a goal in the first 10 minutes uh, is a bet that you can make. There are two teams – I'll just put it out there, and then we'll revisit this. There are two teams that have scored a goal in the first – has either given up a goal or scored a goal in the first 10 minutes of their games in the first period 16 straight times, Tom. Mm. And right. one of those teams scores a goal in the first 10 minutes of, of every effing game they play. It has become an ATM.
0: S- sounds like Edmonton, but uh, we'll see who it is.
2: There's, there's, I'll, I'll let you guys know, and I'm going to go ahead and kind of bring those numbers together, and we'll, we'll, do some, we'll do some fun things with it. All right, brother. Always uh, appreciate it. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Pregame show, 3 o'clock, everybody. 3 o'clock tomorrow. We are on the air. Look forward to talking to you then for the pregame show. Be well. Hang in there. Deep breaths, everybody. Peace.